Welcome to historic downtown Troy, Ohio. Troy Main Street is proud to present 2021 Sculptures on the Square event, Taking Flight. We conducted a series of interviews with the artists involved in this year's event. We invite you to sit back and listen to these interviews as the artists talk about themselves, their artwork, and the sculptures they have on display this year in Troy. Hi, this is Timothy Wells with Troy Main Street Sculptures on the Square. This interview is with artist Jim Havens. There's a casual conversation around the table at the breakfast room at the hotel, and it includes Jim, his wife Karen, and special visitor Liz Ash, who is also one of the sculptors. So this is a casual conversation. We've edited it down to include just conversations regarding the sculptures that Jim has on display, as well as his experience, his lifelong experience, as being an artist and teacher. Enjoy our, our casual conversation with Jim, his wife Karen, and artist Liz Ash. So how'd you end up in Ohio? I wanted to be in an industrial state. I was, uh, I, I lived all over, well, my dad did dams in India, Panama, Australia, all over this country. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do something in an industry and uh, ended up going to work for NASA in Cleveland for a couple of years in one of their apprenticeships. And uh, Karen and I got married, moved out to Berea. But I knew industry was part of what I wanted to be involved in. I wasn't sure how, but I just wanted to be a part of it. I, I admired the great industrialists like Henry Ford and Firestone and the others. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's the way I kind of structured my life. And early 60s, somewhere along in there, about the same time I married Karen, she's from New Jersey. We met in Washington, D.C., as a matter of fact, on a blind date. The Hotel Washington. <laughs> Hotel Washington. Oh, it was just super. That's I, wonderful. She, she knocked me out. She was from a college up in Pennsylvania, Wilson College. And somewhere along the line there, she's, she's a very much a Philadelphia person. I was in the Philadelphia Museum, and I seen one of David Smith's sculptures. And mm -hmm. you know David Smith, of course. You both know David Smith. He is the father of welded sculpture for this for this country, mm -hmm. and he's the one that made it actually a viable art form. Well, Picasso and Gonzales and some other fellows mm -hmm. actually put their stamp on it of approval, and then that made welded art official. If Picasso thinks it's art, it <laughs> must be art. So. Uh, I seen one of his pieces, which was a series of arcs in uh, Philadelphia Museum, and it it just kind of knocked me out. I, I thought, boy, wouldn't it be great to know how to do that? And I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to weld stuff like that. So I kind of started structuring. That that's the thing about sculpture. It kind of structures your life. You kind of gear your life towards it. I was talking about it the other day. There used to be Sports Illustrated around my house. Not anymore. Every magazine <laughs> is something to do with sculpture or art or architecture, things mm -hmm. like that. And uh, you, you buy things like pickup trucks and trailers and welding machines <laughs> and every kind of tool that will make it easier. Mm -hmm. 
and more productive. So that's where I am at, and I've, I'm now 83. I'm still doing it as much as I can. I certainly see that I've slowed down. I can still do all the things I used to do. I just do them slower. But welded sculpture is, uh, of course, you can see I have something of a passion, maybe an obsession. I don't know, but uh, I admire the greats uh, like Calter mm -hmm. and David Smith. And I like to see what uh, all my contemporaries are doing. A lot of them are doing some really neat stuff, and it is good to talk to them and find out how much we have in common. They, our lives are being structured the same way. It's the nature of what we are doing. Mm -hmm. Stainless steel is its a, a lovely metal, very durable. Re <coughs> the reflection at night from headlines is like the facets of a diamond. During the daylight, when the sun shines on it, it'll pick up the green of the grass, the blue of the clouds, somebody walking by, the colors of their dress, and so on. But if you're actually working with it, it is very hard to work with, very hard to weld. It distorts in a... If you put too much heat into it, it distorts really badly. You ruin the piece. You've got to do, you've got to have welding techniques that are really the best you can have, in which you do backstep welding and skip welding, and you don't put too much heat into anything. Keep turning the piece so it doesn't warp one way or another. Hard to cut, hard to work with, and you probably ought to wear respirators when you use it because that nickel and, and uh, chrome are not the best thing for you to breathe into your body. Your body does some metals like iron and so on in your lungs will rust away. Nickel and chrome don't. You don't want them in your lungs. So you have to, you have to take a lot of precautions. You learned early on that if you lose patience, and just try to put a 10-foot stringer bead on it, you are gonna totally ruin the piece. You don't even think about that. You automatically weld a little bit, flip it over. It's a pain in the butt. Oftentimes it's heavy as heck. Flip it around, turn it on the other side so you can equalize the heat. Then turn it again so you can put in a weld. Turn that so you can e to the other side so you can equalize the heat. All of that is easily said until you start working with something like that quarter, which is five foot in diameter and about 500 pounds, and you don't just grab a hold of it, <laughs> flip it over, and so forth. Figured this Ohio yeah. big money quarter has to be the right thing for this this show when they're calling it in flight. Mm -hmm. Our quarter is so dominated by flight, mm -hmm. and it. it all of the quarters across the country uh, represent what states want people either to think or what they think people think of the state. The quarter, that one's pretty obvious um, what it is and why it's in the exhibit because of the first, the airplane and Neil Armstrong. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about flight and your ideas behind that design and how you made that one? 
these are things like flight are basically things that are laying around the shop and you've you've got them in your mind how can I use this and what flight is take this table and get the biggest circle out of it you can which is probably about 30 inches and when you cut that circle you'll be right out here and as you come around here it'll be here and then going over to here it'll be here this is the drop from the circle you weren't after these drops you were after this 30 inch circle okay you took the drops and you have them laying around and stainless steel is expensive metal and you don't <laughs> want to waste it and you're looking at those drops that kind of looks like a bird's wing okay let's let's <laughs> fill it out give some dimension to it make it uh, but I have four of these drops and if I'm going to make I, I need something to represent the body and legs I need a couple of more drops so I'm going to cut another circle whether I need the circle or not but I need these drops yes. so then I get these drops now I have eight drops of uh, ra radiuses and uh, that's what we technically named the thing three arcs wasn't it three it was three arcs. three equal radius three arcs with equal radii it yeah. was called for like i spread myself too thin but it's because i love every aspect of sculpture and i try to do it all for the enjoyment on it and they specialized and and we've been out to loveland and loveland is a hotbed for the rocky mountains in sculpture and they have it all in specialties. There's houses that specialize in making the molds, the waxes, doing the bronze casting, the patina, the chasing, the, and all yeah. of that. The installation, they take it all, and they do wonderful work. Doesn't quite compare with the French in the 1700s. <laughs> wonderful work, and a lot of it is wild animals. They, the Western uh, sculpture preferences for animals and uh, they do a super super job mm -hmm. yeah. so speaking of sharing knowledge you were a teacher for you taught welding for how long 15 years did you keep any secrets from your students or do you share everything? I, I, <laughs> abs I, I absolutely that was one of the things I thought Early on, I thought, I am going to share everything I know with my students. And I'm going to share where I try to sell my work, where I try to enter my work. Even though at times they kick my butt. This, this, <laughs> uh, this Pam Reithmeyer, who is in the booklet, was a student of mine. And she used to joke, I'm going to take Jim's class until he gets it right. Oftentimes, uh, I will get into the Chicago show and she will get two pieces into the Chicago show and I'm like, Pam, you... <laughs> <laughs> but actually, whenever she does, I, it, it's almost like I got my stuff in whenever I have a couple of students like that that are, are pursuing all of these uh, sculpture shows that are out there and doing very nicely, doing very, very well. And I'm as proud of them as if it was myself getting into them. But no, I decided early on, I will share everything that I know about this. And mostly, it, and I don't like to call sculpture inventory, 
but it amounts to that. Do you have a big enough inventory to enter these shows where they can see that yeah. you aren't just a, a Johnny OneNote or something like that? That's the problem when you first start out. You don't have much to display. But when you get as old as I am, you are loaded with stuff all over the place and you wonder where you're going to put it. You have to understand the history of art and who the great artists were so that you can put this in your filing cabinet upstairs so that you uh, you have something to draw on and know that when your art is great, it is good. You have to, it always helps when somebody buys one. That's not like your mother saying, oh, that is so nice. <laughs> you know, when somebody actually reaches in her pocket and pulls out hard cash, yes, that is, that's a compliment. No question about it. When you get into a show like this one here, that is a compliment. If you get two of them in, God, you know, <laughs> yeah. happy, yeah, happy days are here again. <laughs> you that need to build, in art, you need to build a story around it so that people become interesting. And, and sometimes I call it art speak. And I usually can't stand it if it's, it's art speak. He, he doesn't do that. I just, I think, God, what a bunch of happy horseshit. <laughs> You know, just, just, just talk like just a person. A, yeah. Huh? Just talk like a person. Yeah. 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 And and I, I noticed Calder never got himself involved in art speak, or David Smith never got the really great artists. You don't hear them muttering all this vague reason for doing these things. But uh, a lot of the venues demand it. They they want you to talk about. If my sculpture isn't enough of a sculpture to speak for itself, then it is a total failure in my mind. Yep. If a sculpture can't speak for itself, what, I'm going to stand beside this sculpture and explain to you what it's all about? You have to bring a certain amount of baggage to the sculpture yourself if you want to understand it. And if you are interested in sculpture and art, that's probably part of what I want to do, is educate you in some way on these things. Uh, that uh, and if you are our highest aspirations, and oftentimes they are our longest lasting. We have bronze sculptures from 2,000 years ago. And we have a few buildings from 2,000 years ago, not many. But in many ways, bronze sculptures are our longest existing art. And uh, the great traditional arts are painting, architecture, and sculpture. And the longest one, generally speaking, is sculpture. And of course, you can go back to the paintings in the caves of France and uh, learn so much about man's aspirations, how they want to, man in general wants to leave a mark that will last as long as it can in this world, telling the future generations that I was here and I existed and I want you to, to see visually that I existed, even if it's just my handprint or whatever. When I look at my sculptures, oftentimes I look at the imperfections. They jump right out yeah. at me. Not, not the 99% that is perfect, 
but it's that stupid little imperfections here and there that drive me up a wall. My my proudest uh, statement is that I never commented on how impossible these things were for him to do. I just stood back and watched him do the impossible. Troy Main Street thanks you for listening to our interviews with these artists. If you would like more information about Troy Main Street or sculptures on the square, please visit TroyMainStreet.org.